Does everybody know what time it is? Time to enroll in a cultural sensitivity class? Hi, it's Grunt Work. Welcome to Grunt Work, your all-inclusive podcast about the TV series Home Improvement. I'm your host, Truman, the Karate Pork Chop Man Caps, and with me as always is Landon, the It's Pronounced Karate Man Solano. <laughs> Gong sound, deep bow, other karate-related things that are not racially insensitive. Landon, how are you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm doing, doing well. Uh, uh, how are you? Uh, I'm I'm doing well. I yeah. do want to just jump right into s- stories from from recently, since we've already been kind of chatting about how we've been doing since before we turned on the recorder. Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, I had kind of a fun experience recently. Tell me about your fun experience. Coincidentally, on Richard Carn's birthday, which I feel like after this day needs to become a, uh, if not a national holiday, <laughs> at least a grunt work holiday, a state holiday in Michigan, perhaps. <laughs> yes. Um, on Richard Carn's birthday, Carnsmas, which, which was a couple weeks ago, uh, for the listeners listening, the listeners listening, yep, and all the listeners watching too, the listeners <laughs> tasting and smelling staring, our podcast, staring at the time code moving along as they listen to their podcast. Um, uh, so coincidentally, on Richard Carn's birthday, I received an invitation to go to the Disney lot uh, for a screening of Black Panther. Um, that has nothing to do with it so much, but I was able to walk around the Disney Studios and see stage three and four where oh Home God. Improvement was filmed. Oh, I didn't get to see... I only learned after the fact that there's like a plaque outside that is called the Home Improvement stage. Oh. Uh, I would have taken a picture. Uh, it, is it, it called like the Binford 5000 <laughs> self-actualizing uh, hyper-powered stage? Yeah, Binford Presents, the Home Improvement stage. Um, but it was really, really cool to see um, see the stages where... I mean, I didn't get to go inside. I was just on the outside, but like to think, oh, well, you know... The entire cast came and went from, you know, this this hangar. And then I got to go inside of uh, one of the production offices. Oh, wow. Uh, where Well, not in the office, but like the lobby of it. Mm-hmm. And they just have, you know, rows and rows of all their uh, TV shows uh, that they've had, like cast photos and stuff. And got to see um, Home Improvement cast photo uh, just gleaming in the, the <laughs> lobby of this uh, is, is office. It, is it still front and center? Like, they're like, they, they want that to be the first thing people see when they come <laughs> it's, in. You know what? It's not front and center, but it's not tucked away. Like, mm-hmm. my other favorite ABT, ABC TV show, holy, too many letters there. Yeah, I know. Uh, That's, you can be forgiven for that one. Three's Company, um, that one is kind of tucked away around a corner, <laughs> but uh, Home Improvement is like, you walk into the lobby, and you, you kind of turn to the right, and it's framed... Uh, I mean, the photo itself is framed, but the frame is framed within this uh, kind of nice archway. Uh, you can't miss it. Like, you're going straight to the elevators, and it's right there. Wow. Um, so that was kind of fun. And then we went to a hibachi grill afterward, where there just happened to be a Zachary Ty Bryan. You know how, like, sometimes uh, restaurant owners take a picture with celebrities that come in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zachary Ty Bryan happened to be in this photo with this <laughs> hibachi grill owner. So it was like, it was a full day of home improvement. I could not escape. And that's because the spirit of Richard Karn had kind of infused the day. <laughs> now, what I want to know, when you went to ABC and saw the home improvement soundstage, yeah. how much, like... Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was it? Did <laughs> did like Tim Allen come out and like grunt the land of pure imagination? Uh, yeah, song? seriously. Like, well, I feel like if I had been able to like if the hangar doors like opened on their own as I yeah. was entering, 
um, I totally would have been walking into some sort of like instead of chocolate and candy, it would have been just tool, tool, tool plants. Not not as fun or edible or whimsical, really. It's <laughs> yeah, exactly right. You you sniff a like a tool flower and it shoots lube in your face. You stole everlasting socket wrenches. <laughs> Good day, sir. Um, you, the the gates open and Tim Allen is like hobbling out. With a cane, <laughs> and then he plants the cane, the cane explodes, he rolls forward, but he's actually very badly hurt by it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I, I wish someday in the future I want to I wanna be able to go into the stage for uh, stage, uh, the studio. I would love to see what, what it's like. In there. I mean, obviously, they don't have the home improvement sets up anymore because it's still a working stage. But... But, but isn't it fun to pretend that they would, though, that they would just like that home improvement was so successful, that they just taped off the whole thing and said, <laughs> we will build a new soundstage. This goes to the Smithsonian. Well, it is kind of like, you know, on the Warner Brothers lot uh, on the, the tour, if you ever do one of those, uh, they do they've preserved the central perk um, props and, and furniture. Uh, that people can go and sit on, um, you know, from the TV show Friends. Yeah. Uh, so somewhere in the back of my mind, they like in the Disney vaults, uh, <laughs> they've, you know, if you just redeem enough uh, Disney points, you can go, <laughs> go get the secret tour of the home improvement stages. If you if you get into that super exclusive uh, bar at Disneyland Club Thirty Three, it's actually just all the home improvement sets. <laughs> Uh, you know, I took a I took a Paramount tour with my girlfriend a few months back, and they at one point they led us to this soundstage. And as we're walking up outside, they say, "Okay, well, guys, you're in for a treat. This is the soundstage where they shot both Cheers and Frasier." And I almost shit myself. I was so excited. <laughs> and we walk in, and it's like, uh, "Oh, it, it okay? There's other sets up. Uh, uh, they didn't yeah. keep everything. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking would be here, but." Uh, that, well, that's really cool. I'm glad yeah. we're able to to have that uh, wild and wacky experience. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a cool. It was a good good little day. Uh, well, I had I had an experience. You know, you you had a a great home improvement related experience that kind of affirmed your love and 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 uh, culture's love for home improvement. I had sort of a very meta grunt work related oh, experience. Okay. Uh, I was at a party last weekend, and so we were at a friend's house, and this friend has one of those Alexa things. Uh, this is not paid for by Amazon. <laughs> Amazon sucks. They don't pay their, their warehouse workers enough. Don't buy Amazon stuff. But uh, they had an Alexa, and it, the plan had been we are going to play board games, and instead the game we played was just yelling dumb shit at Alexa and seeing what <laughs> happened. My dad loves that game. I, <laughs> it was like, I think the best, the best one was Alexa, play Ninja Rap. And then it starts playing Ice T's Ninja Rap in the <laughs> Vanilla Ice. Yeah, Vanilla Ice. You got it. Go Ninja, uh, go Ninja, go. Yes. Yeah, exactly. We When it got to that point was when we stopped it. I, I have that tattooed on my back. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, then how can you how can you like look in the mirror at it every day to like give yourself? The it's energy? for people that's watching me walk away. They're just like, go ninja, go ninja, go. <laughs> he was a ninja the whole time, and I didn't know it. That's what makes him <laughs> such a good ninja. Um, so we are <laughs> anyway. So we're, we're playing with the Alexa, and finally, at one point, somebody uh, somebody says. Hey Alexa, play my favorite song in order to figure out what the host listens to most often. Yeah. And Alexa goes, playing Grunt Work Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, what? And and the the next thing I hear is you going, does everybody know what time it is? And like <laughs> I am and so there's this this split second after this has happened that I'm just filled with so much joy that like one of one of our friends loves our show enough that it yeah. is the thing she has Alexa playing for most often. And one second later, Four different people in the room all yell, Alexa, stop! As though, 
as though Alexa were about to put a live cat in the dryer or something horrible like there. So any goodwill that I felt that one of my friends loves our show was overshadowed by the fact that four of my other friends aggressively don't want to hear any of the show. Wow. So it was a little roller coaster yeah. that day. Well, I'm glad I was able to make a uh, unscheduled appearance at uh, a... exactly, exactly. You know, spe- <laughs> well, you you got a special guest star credit. Oh, there uh, you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Day rates. I can't wait to get those residuals. Oh yeah, those party residuals. Yeah. If I got <laughs> listen, if if it was possible to get paid for parties you didn't go to, I would be the richest guy in the world. <laughs> I would be swimming in money like Scrooge McDuck. Nice. <sighs> so, um, but. That aside, instead of talking about everything surrounding home improvement, let's actually talk about About home home improvement. improvement. Yes. And and an episode that, um, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say it, I really like this episode. Uh, It wasn't without its problems, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's it's kept up, it's, if we were doing um, a, a, a streak tally... Where, where we run naked through the streets talking about home improvement. <laughs> this isn't the Olympics. Um, Wait, do people run naked at the Olympics? There was a streaker at the Olympics uh, recently. You don't mean the Tongan guy? Yeah, yeah. That, but no, he had like pants on. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, not the Tongan guy. No, oh. there was a streaker at. Uh, a, he had like a little tutu and a, a monkey pouch over his uh, genitals. Don't do that at the Winter Olympics. He, dog. It's apparently it's a. Uh, uh, a thing he does like he he's a known streaker for this uh and he was celebrated he's like this is everyone embraced it was like this is what we need right now <laughs> and then and then did they give did they have two other streakers who got like silver and bronze <laughs> for it like what what country was this guy from oh my was god was he doping i have so many questions about the olympic streaker now <laughs> oh man just uh well be careful but you know look him up online <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the video of the Academy Awards streaker oh, from the go, 70s. Yeah. I can't be scarred anymore. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yes. Running tally streak. Go on. Um, if we were to do a running streak of uh, home improvement this season, uh, you know, we've talked about, you know, there were a few really rocky episodes there in the middle. <laughs> and um, I don't mean Sylvester Stallone was on them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but there have been a few great ones in a row now. I would say that this one doesn't break that streak. It, it doesn't quite hit the heights of the last two for me, but it, it, I wouldn't say it breaks the streak. I, I would say that in, you know, in terms of just the, from a script standpoint and a like, oh, pacing and funny joke standpoint, I think it does really well from a, wow, this is offensive to like... A hundred million people of a different culture than, uh, you know, yeah. then yeah, it's not great. But I, I, I honestly, I kind of, without even knowing it, I'm grading the show on a curve now when it comes to cultural insensitivity. <laughs> um, why don't Why don't I tell you what uh, what this episode? Well, I mean, I'm going to tell you, the person who just watched this episode, <laughs> what this is about. Well, God, as I was well as the other people who might be listening in. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's what I've got for a little synopsis. When Brad and Randy won't let Mark play football with them, Tim and Jill think. Uh, that Mark just needs a little confidence building. They argue whether or not to put him in gymnastics or karate, uh, but the latter proving to have more power <laughs> ultimately wins out. Yes. Obviously. Uh, however, in karate class, Mark is yet again bullied by a larger student named Artie, whose terrible, horrible, awful parents encourage uh, their son's behavior. And on separate occasions, both Tim and Jill get in a fight with Artie's parents. Uh, and no one actually learns any lessons. <laughs> yeah, I, well, you know, actually, this is, this is good, because I feel slightly differently, and we can debate that as we oh, get great. to dig yes. at the end of it. This is good, finally some conflict after two <laughs> damn seasons. Um, do you want to ask me what the title of this one is? Because I have, I have a really good, I have a really good idea of what it would be called. Please, well, Truman. Yes, Landon. 
I'm going to tell you what the episode title is. Oh, no. No. <laughs> Why do you take this from me, my one source of joy? I'm going to tell you after you guess. Crouching Taylor, Hidden Wilson. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Thank you. About I know seven, that seven years early, but I love it. Don't, don't ruin it for me. That was the, that not, only, not only the first subtitled movie I ever saw. My parents uh-huh. and I went to see it at the one independent film theater in my hometown when I was like nine. Also, the first movie in theaters I fell asleep during, not... As a diss on the movie itself, but reading subtitles made my eyes tired and I fell asleep. <laughs> I got a head start in being an old man. Yeah. What is it actually called? It is called Karate or Not, Here I Come. Oh, man. I, I want you to know... Okay, folks, let me pull back the curtain. Uh, typically, after watching the episode where we get set up to record... Uh, you know, during the period when I typically would be smart and like writing up what the intro for the episode would be and my whole preamble thing. Instead, I was just trying to think of what the title of this episode was to the point that we had to stop recording and do a redo for me to actually have it right. And I couldn't, I was racking my brain for like 20 minutes trying to think. I, I didn't come close to that one. So <laughs> is that a, a, a kudos or a, um, it's a kudos. It's yeah. a, it's a sort of wordplay that I like. I was all going like enter the tailor, like Bruce sure, yeah. Lee something. Uh-huh. I don't even know. Yeah, I was just thinking they'd go with a kung fu movie reference. So this is better. Also, kung fu is probably different from karate, isn't it? <laughs> A little bit. Okay, I don't know much about this subject, so I, ho- I look forward to being enlightened in the course of this episode. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, I am no expert, but uh, I am definitely a Mark Taylor. Uh, <laughs> I was in karate class Ooh. at Mark's age uh, and worked my way up to a black belt. Whatever, what? whatever that nine-year-old black belt equivalent is to, I, I don't, act, just like a normal leather belt that a man wears, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I've got a black belt that's kind of deteriorating in the middle. Uh, I want to I say also, I don't know if, if our listeners caught this. This is how modest Landon is. First words out of his mouth, I'm not really a karate expert. And then like 10 seconds later, I was a black belt. <laughs> As a nine-year-old, though. As, but yes, I agree. That doesn't mean you can go toe-to-toe with a legit grown-up <laughs> black belt. But you know way the fuck more about karate than probably 90% of people. Well, that was also 30 years ago. Well, 25 years ago. Okay, but like I took, I went to like one Taekwondo class 20 <laughs> years ago and yeah. then never went back. So you already know more than me. So it's at least, <laughs> of everyone in Gruntwork Studios right now, you you are the karate expert. Uh, okay. All right. Let's, let's. You know, let's start diving into this thing and see what else comes sure, up yeah, along yeah. the way. Absolutely. So uh, yeah. we start, oh my god, do we start? <laughs> right right off the bat with... First person we see. Lisa, not caring at all. Oh god, she S- does not give a F. She has the thousand yard stare in her eyes of someone who has been, uh, had multiple meetings with casting directors <laughs> for an upcoming <laughs> uh, breasts-based uh, swimsuit show. But uh, introducing... You know, does everybody know what time it is? It's time for tool time. <laughs> and and then that's basically all we get from her. It's like they... Yeah. S- <laughs> the way that you just performed her right there, it sounded like she had a, a pull string on the back of her. It's just like... And her batteries are wearing down. It's the... Well, that that, that is actually the Lisa action figure that they released. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, she's standing by the monitor and the grunt creep drifts along behind her. It oh, my God. It goes behind her head and then behind the monitor and then onto the monitor and we get like feedback interference noise as yeah what what is this exactly so the grunt creep i mean listen we we've already established the grunt creep has massive powers that we oh sure more uh, more powers than we can comprehend but now he can go in and out of different realities and different types of media 
Um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna cut ahead so yeah. that we don't have to keep coming back to the grunt creep. Sure. But the the outro, the transition out of this first scene into the theme credits is a, a, a guy doing karate kick, like a yeah. spin kick. And if we are proposing that the grunt creep is the proprietor of all transitions and that the grunt creep can morph into other things, now that the transitions are actually live people, yes, I'm going to start to wonder what we can trust with our own eyes. Like, how can we be sure that Jill is Jill at any point or that Tim is Tim? I, so what you're saying is you might be in a situation where uh, where John Connor calls his foster parents thinking that they're his foster parents, but actually the T-1000 has taken on yes. the form of them. Yes. So the Grunt Creep is sort of the T-1000 of the show. Absolutely. I like that. Okay. And he also knows karate. So he stood, <laughs> if the T-1000 knew karate, that would be a very short movie that ends with humanity losing. <laughs> well, what if, you know, they've they've posed this idea that... If the internet was an AI, which I, I, I don't know the, the details of all this, how would we ever know if it's gained sentience? Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is maybe the grunt creep is an AI and became the internet. So the grunt creep has taken over the world already. Okay, okay. I think the biggest argument against the internet being an, an artificial intelligence is the people on the internet make a pretty good case for there not being a lot of intelligence out there. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or is that just all part of the AI's plan to conceal its identity? Uh, see, now I don't even know what to believe anymore. You tell me I gotta not be on the this internet? This is the power of the grunt creep. Oh, God, man. We gotta... Like, we can't fight this thing. I guess we have to... I, for one, welcome our grunt creep overlords. <laughs> Uh, so, anyway, they, uh, Tim and Al come out and are, uh, talking about what they're gonna do that day, which is about how to saw a board in, or, like, how would you cut this board in half that yes. they have propped up on a couple of cinder blocks, and Al is saying, oh, I'd use a circular saw, oh, well, what if the power's out, Al? Oh, well, I'd use this Binford, No, we uh, must be at your place. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what if you blew a fuse? Yeah. And so, you know, oh, well, then I'd use one of these Binford uh, manual saws or crosscut saws. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. The I, manual saws. They said what the saw was on the show, and I still didn't learn from it. Binford sports ball. Uh, I also, just not to get too bogged down in the cold open, I think sometimes about who on set's job it is to put Binford decals on everything. <laughs> and I hope that, that, that he or she retired well. Yeah. Um, but so basically what this leads to is Tim saying, well, if you didn't have a saw, how would you break it in half? And then they have this karate master come out and break the board in half with his forehead. Yes. Cool. Yeah. At the same time, again, people are watching this show to learn about how to fix up their house and learn tips about using tools. So <laughs> right. it's like if the suggestion is <clears throat> spend a lifetime learning the art of karate... <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I didn't quite get... There's a lot of... Oh, my God. There's a lot that I just didn't understand about this. And it's one of those things that you, you know, as a general viewer, you kind of just don't pay attention to. But, mm. you know, in our uh, quest to break down the minutia of this, like, it it falls apart really quickly. Mm-hmm. Are they doing a cross-promotion with... It, it, with time, this, this cable access thing doing a cross-promotion with a Chinese or a, a karate demonstration that is taking place, by the way, it was such a throwaway line. This demonstration that uh, the guy's name is Robert the Human Hatchet Cho. That's the name of the, the instructor. I missed I missed that, the Human Hatchet. He He's coming on to promote this demonstration that's happening at the Fox Theater in Detroit. Yeah. The Fox Theater, where the Rockettes play. <laughs> 
a karate demonstration. None of this makes any sense at all. Maybe it's the Rockettes do like karate chopping <laughs> with their k- kicking, like with the kicks kick, kicking upward. I actually haven't seen a board being broken by being kicked upward. At no one has. That's why they do it at the Fox Theater because that's that's karate history in the making. Oh my god, it's like yeah, old school like prestige style. Uh... <laughs> Uh, audiences, yeah, yeah. The 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 Rockettes are all like clones of one another, made by David Bowie, Nikola Tesla. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. Okay, sorry. Oh. Big prestige spoilers there. Sorry. <laughs> They're all powered by free energy, and yeah. So a lot of that didn't make any sense. I didn't get this cross promotion. Uh, just playing on what you're saying, like why why is this guy on here to demonstrate something on Tool Time that has nothing applicable to the Tool Time audience, nor does it have any kind of relation to the show or what... None of it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, uh, the Hatchet, Robert the Hatchet, Cho, breaks the board with his forehead. Uh, Then Tim and Al get into some back-and-forth sniping about... you know whether whether they could do that. Yeah. Al then goes and breaks the board with his forehead as well. Yeah. And I start writing down notes like, okay, home improvement. You're suggesting to me that that Al is just as good as a karate master, even though he hasn't practiced. <laughs> and then, well, okay, yeah. So Al does this and breaks mm-hmm. the board with his mm-hmm. head. Uh, before we get into the the next bit, which I bet you could predict, um, I I do want to say that this there is a bit of consistency here with. Al, I mean, we, we've taken Home Improvement to task for continually demonstrating that women are throwing themselves at Al. Mm-hmm. And how can he be single? How can he be so lonely if all these women are throwing him, themselves at him? However, only a single lonely person would have the time to become a karate master, a uh, country line dancing Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to become a master craftsman, to uh, demonstrate his baseball skills that he did a couple episodes ago. Imaginary baseball skills, and he got struck out. Well, struck oh, out oh, in the I narrative see. of Tim's thing, but you know he the, his true his posture, yes, yeah, his, his posture. He obviously plays baseball. Yeah, he has all these these things that and, only a, and and he's building a cabin in the woods with his bare hands. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So there is some consistency in like. That being the lonely man trajectory of of Al, um, mm-hmm. that just doesn't make sense with all the women throwing. Maybe maybe Al's choosing not to. He can't get too close. Exactly because yeah. he's a lethal weapon. Or maybe maybe it's a Norman Bates situation where Al's mom isn't actually alive, <laughs> and every time a woman gets close to him, uh, she disappears. Norman Bates was good at karate. That was. <laughs> Like, I mean, he was good at taxidermy. <laughs> I mean, he did have time for a hobby. Every every everyone needs a hobby. Are you saying that every karate master is also a good taxidermist? That's <laughs> I'm not. Is that even a racial slur? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just saying that uh, lonely, um, psychopathic, murderous hermits tend to take on a lot of hobbies. Uh, that's fair. I can't. I cannot argue with that. So, uh, new theory: Al is a a serial killer. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. He go he goes from spy to serial killer. It's a thin line. Why not? I, yeah. Uh, one other note about Al. Uh, he pronounces it karate. Karate. Yes. He, Wait, he's he goes full Trebek. Uh, he he goes he goes full Dirk Diggler in Boogie Nights and and <laughs> you know insists on calling it karate. Karate. Which is not to say that that's wrong. No, it amused me. 
Yeah, it's always a little jarring. I just dropped Alex Trebek's name. Like whenever Alex Trebek is talking and then it's kind of like when you're listening to someone who is fluent in another language and then all of a sudden they drop just an American phrase in the middle mm-hmm. of their sentence. And it's just yeah. like, whoa, where did that come from? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's how it feels whenever someone like overpronounces, uh, pronunciates, pronunciates? Pr- pronounces. Pronounce, yep. Pronunciate is not a thing. Pronunciates. Yeah. Fraser has left the building. <laughs> we are still in this cold open. I know, I know. We really need to. We need to goose it up. I do have one more comment about it. Oh, yeah. we do have to talk about what happens. Um, we'll just go through that. So Tim, not wanting to be shown up by Al, decides, "Oh, I'm gonna. You, know, you guys did it. I could do it too." And then he goes into this really culturally insensitive thing. Oh, Godzilla! Yep. Which I didn't need to do that, but well, I did. It, it, no, for hey, you know, we if we don't talk about it, we can't. Describe why it's wrong. Yeah. Uh, and then he tries to break the board with his head and, you know, doesn't and gets hurt and actually has a really funny uh, little delivery as he's like yeah. unable to put the words together and then falls off frame. Sponsors from our messages, Bunford Tools, right back, B. We got him. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to just point out uh, something that I noticed in the background of the Tool Time set. Yeah. The Mario Andretti steering wheel that Jill got uh, Tim for their anniversary is now hanging in the background. But wasn't he going to put that in his car? I <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's framed and it's uh, on the back back wall now. Wait, why do you frame a steering wheel? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Well, you, I don't know. You, you fr- okay. No, this but is, it's there. I thought that was an interesting, like, yeah, you know, yeah, production yeah, tidbit. You know, yeah, it's it's like that in the Timbo hat and all these yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. They're all, they're all callbacks. Yeah. Okay, opening credits for God's sake. Let's not talk about them. We're at the house. We start in the kitchen. Yes. Yep. And uh, the boys have come home. Well, okay. Tim, first, uh, to, in reference to the cold open, Jill asks Tim to break a breadstick with his forehead. <laughs> yeah. And Tim says some more culturally insensitive things, breaks the breadstick with his forehead, and gets huge, huge, huge applause from the audience yeah. as though he has pulled a dove out of a hat or something. <laughs> and it's not even like, you know, an Olive Garden breadstick. It's literally like one of those... Uh, uh, long, thin, you know, yeah. crackery types. Breaking an Olive Garden breadstick with your forehead would be like, well, a, it's a waste of a really good breadstick. <laughs> b, not really possible. C, you're going to get oil and salt all over your forehead, and that's going to yes. be bad for acne. Yeah, don't do it, folks. <laughs> so the boys come home, and uh, they're all dirty, and they're all arguing because uh, Brad and Randy have not let Mark play football with him. Uh, Mark is, uh, you know, Mark always runs out of bounds. He's scared of getting hit. The, he's always fucking up the boys' game, and they don't want to play with him. Yeah. And so, as a result of this, Jill and Tim are like, well, we need to find an activity for Mark to do that can, you know, some kind of extracurricular thing where he can be with other people and participate and learn a skill and maybe get some courage as well. Yeah, something in- inclusive. Uh, you know, clearly Brad and Randy aren't going to be, uh, <laughs> you know, bolstering his confidence uh, anytime soon. Yeah. Um, and Jill suggests let's do gymnastics let's get him in gymnastics and tim's like well i got an idea this guy was just on the show that's how i got this idea (laughs) (laughs) i hit my head really hard i got this idea uh how about karate karate so they ask mark to come back downstairs and jill's like okay listen mark we were thinking we, we, we want to enroll you in a class that, you know, you can participate in. And, you know, wouldn't it be a lot of fun? We'll get you, we'll do all this stuff. So uh, we were thinking we have two different ideas. And she sits him down at the kitchen table. She's like, 
Now, think of this. You remember when we were watching the Olympics and uh, you saw the gymnastic... Uh, Those handsome gymnasts. <laughs> as the the national anthem started playing and we watched it and it was so emotional. And America wept. <laughs> or do you want to do karate? And the whole time she's been saying this, Tim is kind of behind her doing karate chops and karate moves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is... Yeah, again, we'll get there. Uh, and And... But... Uh, you know, Mark immediately is like, I could do karate? Wow! <laughs> Doesn't even consider gymnastics. Yeah. Uh, which I want to say, um, starting in 2020, karate is going to be an Olympic sport. Yeah, so take that, Jill. <laughs> if, you know, if your boy had just waited until he was probably well past the age to be competitive in the Olympics, yeah, right. uh, he would have been able to do karate anyway. Yeah, exactly. By the way, that's actually that's pretty cool that karate is going to yeah. be a thing that you can watch. I mean, I'm I'm jazzed now for the next Olympics. Absolutely. I went through, um, even though it's not karate, but I went through a, a big Bruce Lee phase uh, in my teenage years and mm-hmm. watched a bunch of his like uh, movies. No. <laughs> I mean, I watched a bunch of his movies. Uh, I guess demonstrations, um, you know, mm-hmm. at the tournaments and whatnot, just kind of, you know, the one-inch punch. Yeah. And they're fascinating. Yeah. They are really, really interesting to watch. Uh, just the, the just the control that people can have over their own bodies and over, you know, being able to pull their punch and just, you know, it, it, it's a... I'm really excited to start watching it uh, in two years. Yeah, I mean, that'll be, that'll be really cool. I mean, I imagine that'll be someplace where Japan would dominate right off the bat, but... Well, let's let's go into okay. Where let's is this. where is the fuck is karate from? Because karate, I keep it's Japan. a very it's it's confusing, and I am I want to just be on the record. I am no expert at this at all, but I can I can say that it it is confusing because it is a Chinese martial art. Oh, but it it, it was introduced to Japan in the twentieth century um, from an island that was annexed from Japan, Okinawa. Um, yes, actually, okay. Uh, so it's, it, it's kind of a, a catch-all thing, but mm. to, like, what I take issue with, with Tim in this is that he's doing these, these, you know, Godzilla references. Like, he, he is appropriating it to one place or to just simplifying yeah. it down to a single culture when mm-hmm. it is, as I'm sure anyone, you know, that practices karate would, would say, you know, it is a multifaceted thing. Yeah. Um, so, to, yeah, just to boil it down to bad dubbing you know, exercises from, from Kung Fu movies or from martial art movies. Like yeah. that's, that's where I take issue with this a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean this, this episode, as we will see in, in our next scene, basically uh, this, this episode is in some ways kind of a cousin to uh, dances with tools. Just <laughs> yes. in that Tim goes into a situation and an environment that I think was built on the same set where, <laughs> where the dance studio yeah, was just flipped 180. Yeah. And he, and is kind of just, you know, not so much scornful of it, but is just very disrespectful to the fact that this guy has spent his whole life learning this thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do Honestly, do you want to just go to the next... I mean, like, what yeah. else happened? Like, Mark um, is excited about this? Yeah, the only thing I thought was kind of funny is in, in Jill's uh, pitch to Mark, mm-hmm. uh, this this big flowery, like, uh, don't you want to be a gymnast is the greatest thing? And then Tim's like, or do you want to do karate? And uh, Jill's like, don't, don't pepper your side. <laughs> 
<laughs> Jill, actually, she's kind of the MVP for me in this episode. Yeah, yeah, she's um, really she's really good here because she's a little she gets a little wild and crazy. Yeah, exactly. So this, you know, obviously Mark gets way amped up to do karate because what kid wouldn't? Uh, and we go immediately to karate class in the next scene. Yeah, and yeah, so there it's this karate studio that again has the same dimensions as the dance studio that they were at. And this is still um, Ron the Hatchet uh, Cho, who is teaching the class. <laughs> yeah, Robert the Human Hatchet Cho. Yes. Oh, Robert the... Yeah, okay. Actually, let me... Do you mind if I take a minute here to... Take a minute. Um, character Actor Corner. Character Actor Corner. Stuart Kwan plays uh, plays this guy. He was a prolific uh, stuntman. Oh. Uh, as well as actor, um, being in uh, License to Kill. He played... You want to know... You want to take a guess at the character? No, I, I don't. I don't remember License to Kill well enough. He played... Ninja. Oh, Ninja. Who got <laughs> Wait. So, so what you're saying is, go Ninja, go Ninja, go. <laughs> Only for License to Kill. Um, <laughs> go Ninja, go Ninja, go, and be in a better James Bond movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Timothy Dalton, not at, well, like, you know, Living Daylights, besides the point. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Stuart Kwan, he, he's he's uh, done some, some awesome stuff. Uh, for, I'm going to look up some of his stunts. Uh, Rapid Fire, which is a really awesome, actually with uh, uh, Brandon Lee, oh, um, Bruce Lee's son, yes, uh, before he, you know, tragically died, yeah, uh, did this awesome action movie called Rapid Fire. He did the stunts in that, um, and also Hulk. Oh, <laughs> the, wait, the, the very first Hulk, the one with Jennifer Connelly, yeah, exactly. and not Edward Norton yeah. or Mark Ruffalo or whatever. Yeah, wow. So he's been all over the board, man. Okay, okay. Uh, so they're there and uh, at karate class. At karate class, and uh, you know the hatchet is lead. I can't. I okay. Rob, Cho. Rob. Robert the human hatchet. Cho. Robert. Robert. Yep. <laughs> Robert. That's it. I'm doing great. I'm good. doing great, folks. We're good. Uh, so he's the instructor. I'm gonna call him that. That's easier. I can't. I can't remember the names of the boys who've been on the sure. show for the two sensei. seasons. So yeah, the sensei is leading the class. Uh, Mark is out there in his little gi, doing it with everybody else. Doing karate, I should I should clarify. And uh, Tim is on the sidelines, and uh, you know, with all the other parents, all the other parents are sitting on the chairs watching their kids. Tim is clumsily trying to imitate all of the sensei's karate moves, yeah, in a way that is just again, it's like him mocking the dancing in the dance studio yeah. in the previous one. Here, it's not as much him like scorning it and looking down on it, right? Yeah, but at the same time, it's Tim's inability to just not be the center of attention in something <laughs> right and he's you know it's played for comedic effect you know the all the physical comedy of him not being able to lift his leg the way that the instructor does and you know doing really asinine um karate chops with his hands uh and you know the audience kind of eats it up because it's just i guess funny to watch a, a middle-aged dad try to do karate i'm you know look these people came to a live taping of home improvement they knew yeah. what they were getting into they had a certain it's true yeah but like i guess in terms of like re looking at something dated for me i love physical comedy i mm -hmm. think it's one of the, the most timeless forms of comedy yeah. but for me the the type of physical comedy that i love is uh kind of in the earlier scene without the the, the culturally insensitive part of tim hitting his head on the board yeah and then doing the like dazed thing as he like mm -hmm. falls over that's a lot funnier to me more situational than just a dude as you like to say mugging for the camera you know eating the scenery doing whatever it mm -hmm. is uh, it's just like you're acting like an idiot yeah it's a little 
if you can have lowbrow physical comedy, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the lowest rung of the lowest rung. It's it's basically just see that guy doing that thing. This guy is doing a worse version of that thing. Yeah, exactly. It's not like he. It's not like Tim Allen spent time learning how to do a physical comedy bit. He's just acting like an idiot for the cameras. Yeah, yeah. So Jill comes in. She yeah. joins Tim at the sidelines. This finally stops Tim from doing karate. Thank God. And. <laughs> Uh, Jill comes in and sees Mark and all the other boys doing karate and, like, being led in their instruction by the instructor and goes, Hi, Mark! <laughs> it's like, read the room, Jill. Yeah, He's, right. like, it's silent. You're, why? Why are you like this? <laughs> and she's got her coat on and her, like, she, it's like she just came from work or something. Yeah, right. And so she is watching them for, you know, a while and it's like, oh, yeah, Tim, this is actually pretty nice. You know, yeah. I don't know what I was so worried about. And then she says... After having been there at the karate studio for about 45 seconds, well, I should really get home and start dinner. <laughs> so I don't know the logic. Did she swing oh, by? The, the, well, you know, she's expressed concern about karate and, and putting her kid into a situation where he's going to be fighting. So it makes sense to me. It checks out that she would, like, want to uh, scope out the place and make sure that Mark's safe. Yeah. Uh, even if it is, like, you know, I'm going to just give them a pass and say that it happened to be on our way home from work. Yeah. Um, but such is the life of a, a housewife that she has to work and go home and make dinner and check and, in on the kids and her husband and everything else that, you know, no one else takes responsibility for. Yeah, she can't trust her husband to be forthcoming about how dangerous karate actually is. <laughs> right. So she's starting to leave, and then uh, the sensei says, okay, everybody, let's uh, now let's start doing some free fighting practice. And then Jill just turns around and walks back. To and that was, that was another great uh, little physical comedy bit. Yeah. Yeah. I loved because she's like on her way out the door and the second she hears free fighting is like she doesn't even skip a beat she just kind of turns right back around and sits down Did she like take her coat off at that point and it's like <laughs> i'm in yeah order a pizza tonight i am not starting that dinner uh and free fighting was actually a lot of fun uh i remember that was one of my uh the things that resonated me with the most uh from my karate days is uh just getting partnered off with somebody and going through all the the stuff but um he brings in, since this is the first class, uh, he brings in some students from his advanced class to demonstrate what this is like. And, uh, you know, they're teenagers. And, you know, they, they go through the sparring that ends with one kid getting thrown to the ground and another one, like, putting his fist to, you know, uh, his chest or neck or whatever. Yeah. To signify, you know, the bout is over. And and I have I take issue with Jill's reaction to this. So Jill Jill is shocked and is saying, "Tim, this is off. This is so violent. He's gonna get hurt doing this. We can't let him. We can't let our son be here. I mean, these other kids are gonna beat the crap out of him." And Tim, to his credit, has a great line. He says, "Well, this is those guys from the advanced class. Mark isn't gonna be able to kill anyone till he's ten or 11. But <laughs> but Jill is so upset having seen one kid throw another kid onto a padded mat and put a fist at his neck. Mm -hmm. But but literally. Eight minutes ago, she was yelling at her other sons for not letting Mark play full contact tackle football with them. <laughs> full contact tackle Fair, okay. football, which which uh, concussions yeah. and and all kinds of brain damage and horrible in, like football with no pads. They were just like playing in the backyard. Yeah. I, I so I don't know if Jill is really this protective. Like if look if I were a hyper protective parent and God forbid I should ever be a parent, but <laughs> but like I would I would be the thing would be like. Oh, my other, my kids won't let my youngest do karate with them, and then my idiot husband, because I guess I'm gay in this situation, <laughs> wants to enroll him in football. And yeah. then, so it's basically this, except football instead. It's inverse. I think this is really good for the podcast that I'm <laughs> going through this right now. Well, I think that um, Jill probably has some sort of uh, uh, idealistic idea that 
Brad and Randy are actually going to look out for Mark, even if they include him in something. Plus, uh, we've established Randy has a proclivity for um, wearing pads, for <laughs> helmets and pads on things. Because they're cool. <laughs> Uh, so maybe she's like, oh, he's he's a responsible kid. He wears helmets and pads because he can hide all of his shivs and, and throwing <laughs> stars and, and everything else in there. Exactly. Um, so I, I can, I, on some level, I can kind of get behind the idea that Jill blinds herself to that, thinking that he'll be protected if he's included with his brothers, mm-hmm. as opposed to just being thrown into a class of strangers that are all fighting. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not saying it makes logical sense, but I can at least understand a little bit of her thought process there. Yeah. I suppose that makes, I, yeah, if it's something that's new and unknown to her, I mean, I guess if she grew up with football and, yeah, and also Tim is always hurting himself and he's fine. <laughs> right. Uh, so, so the, the, the younger kids then all pair up for some free fighting and Jill is even more shocked when Mark gets paired up with Artie, who is a kid roughly his age, who is considerably larger than he is. Yeah. Say about a half a foot taller and about, you know, and 40 pounds, maybe not 40, 20 pounds bigger. Yeah, yeah. And 10 of those pounds is just pure concentrated being a douchebag <laughs> because this guy is like slapping uh, Mark when yeah, the every, sensei isn't looking. Yeah, exactly. Every time the sensei turns around and even Tim doesn't see it right away, um, they'll go through like one bout of, of uh, punch sparring and then Artie will like slap Mark around a little bit. Yeah, because he just he just didn't get enough. He just has to has to slap a little more. <laughs> Uh, so Jill is upset about this, and then Artie's mom, who is, uh, a character actor, yes. uh, who... Mary stand- Pat Green. Yes. What is she... She looks familiar. <laughs> she's really prolific. Uh, she's been going since... She was in Taxi Driver, uh, at an uncredited role as, like, a campaign aide. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, like, how far back she started. Wow. And, um, and that what a way to start Taxi Driver. Yeah, I, mean, I know. Big dick uh, movie right there. She's been in, um... Triple X. Well, she played like Speak, Speaking of big dick movies, guys, Triple X. Drill Bit Taylor. Oh, man. Um, also my, a Scorsese movie. Not many people know that. My Best Friend's Wedding. Uh, yes, Man. Um, she was in a TV series Charmed. Uh, I mean, she's been in basically every TV show on the face of the planet. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, ER, NYPD Blue. I Damn. mean, she's been around. Uh, and she does have a face that you recognize, like specifically to '90s. Uh, if you're gonna cast like a large Marge, yeah, she's got that that sense about her. And and just in the way that she, so this, this woman, Artie's mom, mm-hmm. is up there going like, "Yeah, get him, get him, Artie! Yeah, smack that stick boy around! Woo!" Like really egging her kid on. And so she's playing this role of the bad parent. Yeah. But she, just in, in the way that she performs it, like, she's entered fully into the role and is really yeah. chewing it up and play. Like, I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. I, yeah. Like, her character had a lot of life. Yes, agreed. That we really haven't seen uh, character uh, supporting characters given um, outside of, like, a few episodes ago with the police officer and, and Marty uh, yeah. at the convenience store. But uh, since season one, there just haven't been a lot of these roles uh, for supporting characters. So it was nice to, to see that. Yeah, yeah. So she is she is urging him on, and then Jill goes up to this woman and is saying like, "Hey, well, your your son is is slapping my son. You know, can you can you maybe tell him not to do that, or like maybe not egg him on so much?" And and Artie's mom is is saying like, "What's well, a karate class? They're supposed to do this. If you don't, if your stick boy can't handle it, feed, you know, or like don't call my son a stick boy. Well, feed him something then." <laughs> uh, yeah, just you explaining that got my my goosebumps going again because Jill like. She she wins my heart so much in this. I wrote a very 90s note here, which was, you go, girl. 
<laughs> Jill, like, does not hesitate to stick up for Mark, even though that this woman is, Artie's mom is about the same uh, ratio that Artie is to Mark. This woman is to Jill. Yeah. And Jill just does not hesitate to uh, shove this woman back as soon as she shoves Jill yeah. and gets in a fight with her uh it was amazing. It, it was it was pretty good. I, I had to, I actually wrote a really nineties note here too. Uh, Pogs are awesome. <laughs> also, what's the deal with that dwarf on Twin Peaks? <laughs> George Clooney is new in his career and really cute. I hope he has a long and fruitful uh, career on television. I'm sorry. Okay, and just parentheses, over. Arsenio Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Which a lot of the uh, the Tool Time audience did again this this week. <laughs> that really had just permeated uh, all all of culture. Yes. Um, oh, one more. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so uh, anyway, the, this fight between Jill and Artie's mom escalates until Artie's mom takes a swing with her purse. Yeah. In in true kind of just stereotypical older large woman fighting with someone mm. I, that that just has to happen that's the trope yeah the the purse with a brick in it yeah and so she swings and uh and through a trick of positioning and whatever she misses jill and hits tim in the head tim takes a fall onto the pads and then stumbles around again i was really hoping that he would uh he would throw out that jumbled binford messages line again <laughs> well he in in some sense like in a physical sense he did because he gets up and starts bowing to yeah. everyone in the room <laughs> yeah. which was probably the least culturally insensitive thing that he did yes um <laughs> it was the cultural insensitivity insensitivity was knocked out of him <laughs> and then uh and then uh a punching bag transit well a purse. oh my god what was the what was this transition Th this isn't the one that you're thinking of that comes no? later this is this is just a purse hitting the screen and knocking it into the background oh, okay gotcha. folks a little foreshadowing here that we're going to talk about in a second there is th there is the longest transition we've ever had the biggest transition we've ever had the most ambitious i would say is probably the most applicable oh man well, okay we're we done introduced it enough you'll you'll, you'll get to it soon <laughs> Um, so we're back home afterwards, yes. uh, Mark promptly tells his brothers that mom got in a fight and yeah. that Tim got, got punched. And Randy comes in from the backyard and, uh, it's like, um, dad, I heard you got beat up by a girl. And, uh, I can't remember the exact line, but it was like, did you, did she not let you borrow her makeup? Yeah. Yeah. And just like, uh, in you're driving me nuts, you're driving me crazy. Yeah. Uh, Tim like gets in Randy's face and he's like, "You want to say that to me again?" Yeah. <laughs> and Randy's no, father. Like, nope. <laughs> I feel I I feel like th with this happening more, it's like there's been a conscious effort on the part of the writers to maybe debart debart Simpsonize <laughs> Randy a little bit. Like yeah. To, like yeah, he's still the wild one. Yeah, we're still going for that, but he also is reined in. Like we need yeah. to show him that there's guardrails that they've put in place for right. his antics. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I think that would be just called parenting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Homer Simpson and Tim Taylor do not, uh, they are not equatable. Well, well, in some I, some regards, maybe. On, honestly, I, I would kind of they on some level they are. I mean, in the same sense that Homer Simpson technically is a good father, even though right, yeah. on a case by case basis, maybe. But like you know, he does love his kids. He does love his wife. <laughs> he wants to be good. He's just dumb and short sighted, yeah. like Tim, and hurts himself a lot. So anyway, the, there's you know when the boys hear that. Uh, that Jill got in a fight defending Mark. They both tease Mark even harder. Yeah, and it, it like it gets it gets really kind of angry. Like everybody's kind of heated. Each other's yeah, throats. for sure. 
Um, and, and Jill steps in, like, as Brad, you know, Brad steps over and does the thing to Mark that Artie was doing to him and, like, yeah. slapping him in the face. And Mark's little tuft of uh, hair is, like, flinging back and forth. <laughs> he whips his hair back and forth. <laughs> and Jill steps in. He's like, she's like, why does it, why are all of you so obsessed with fighting? I just want you all to love each other, you big jerks. <laughs> as she's, like, walking out of the room. Great delivery. MVP. MVP, um, totally. And, uh... Then, um, I, you know, I got really distracted because I couldn't not see the gigantic dustbuster on the wall in the back of this scene. You notice the, you notice things that I don't even it's realize like, are in the world. I think the thing is, is like, I keep seeing these things that remind me of things I had in my home as a child at mm-hmm. the same exact time. And I'm like, oh my God, dustbusters, you don't see those anymore. And then like, as soon as I fixated on it, I couldn't not just stare at it the entire time. <laughs> well... That's basically the rest of the scene is just the, uh, you know, Jill kind of tells them off for all of their antics and walks out. And and then Tim chases uh, Brad and Randy out the back door. Right, 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 right. Uh, And then we take a trip to Tool Time. Tool Time. For one of those patented, completely unrelated Tool Time bits. No narrative sense whatsoever in this episode. That being said, for a completely worthless contributes nothing to the plot yeah. bit, this was this actually really tickled me, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> and I think this is emblematic of the the pinnacle of the form. Yeah, although it is uh, a little distressing that one of the most throwaway, as entertaining as it was, tool time scenes is the one that they bring Lisa back for. I know, I know. <laughs> like, why weave her into a story at all? Yeah, well, they needed someone to push the uh, the prop out there. Ugh. So they're, they're at tool time, they've built a stool or something, and Tim then, with a few minutes left, steps aside for Camouflage Corner, because <laughs> Tim uses our same naming conventions. <laughs> or are we using his? Mm, no, I'm pretty sure he stole it from us. <laughs> uh... And so Tim sits down and is explaining about, like, he shows a picture of a soldier in camouflage. Like, this is standard, so, you know, yeah. uh, tiger camouflage. And he holds up a picture of a jungle. And he says, and this is that soldier in the jungle. Oh, I can't see him. I'm so scared. And uh, here's a picture of that shed in your backyard, Al. And it's so unsightly. And now here's a picture of that shed with camouflage. And it's a picture of the shed with, like, a disguise, like, Well, one of those, like, Harpo or uh, uh, Groucho Marx uh, nose glasses. And, and mustache. Yeah. And, and so at that point, I'm like, okay, why are we seeing this? Why are, <laughs> why are you doing this to us? But then, uh, do, do you want to do you want to? Yeah, so, so, so then he goes, um, but Camo, so he t- tries to weave that into uh, a home improvement thing that, mm. you know, is part of tool time. And he's like, Lisa, bring this, uh, bring out the prop. Um, what I want to talk about is how you can use camouflage in your home to sometimes uh, hide unsightly things. Like, how often do you see light switches on the wall that, you know, are a little unsightly? Well, this is an example of how we can uh, demonstrate how we can use camouflage. And it's like a big wheelie blackboard covered in... Yeah, it's like... uh, Yeah, exactly. And uh, so it's this wall of wallpaper that just has, like, sockets, uh, you know, outlets and, and... light switches on it, uh, a print, a wallpaper print of that, uh, with one light switch hidden on it somewhere. Mm. And Tim is like, Al, why don't you come over here and try to uh, find out where this light switch is? Yeah. And Al's, you know, reaching along the sides. He's like, well, you know, the light switch is usually on the sides. And he's like, I can't find it. I don't know. And then Tim reaches behind his head in a weird place that someone would put a light switch, I guess. Yeah. Which is like head level in the center of the wall. Yeah. Uh, and turns the light switch on and off. He's like, oh, I made a... You know, I showed up Al finally for breaking that board <laughs> in the last episode. Ah, revenge is a dish best served cold. Uh, and then they they rotate this this wall around. Well, so Tim 
Tim, like, says, okay, okay, well, that's enough of that. And he goes to hand the, the camouflage pictures to Al and says, here, Al, can you take these and put them away? And he's holding them just out of Al's reach. And Al mm-hmm. reaches for them. And Tim keeps stepping further away. And so Tim basically uses this to lure Al in front of the board. Meanwhile, Lisa flips the board around to show the other side, which is the the top of it is all green flannel that perfectly matches the shirt Al is wearing. Yes. The middle of it is one long tool belt that goes from <laughs> end to end. And then the bottom is light blue denim, the yep. color of his jeans. And Al is standing in front of it, not realizing this because Tim has led him there. And then we get the shot of Tim with the monitor saying, Al, Al, where'd you go? I can't see you. <laughs> it was it was a really great visual gag. There There is a GIF online. I don't know what it's from, but it's of like four dudes like either clapping or all toasting at the same time. And that's the GIF that I would send to the writers. <laughs> I did not see that bit coming. It was <laughs> Why <wonderful>. would you? <laughs> it, it, well, yeah, but it was camouflaged. That's why it it it, 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 <laughs> it was camouflaged. <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh, you know uh, it was completely out of the blue uh, or out of the green flannel, and I loved it. <laughs> and I think that if every like I I'm fine with the fact that it had nothing to do with the rest of the show, but it was funny. It was yeah. a good setup and a good punchline. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Karate Master transition back into the plot. Yes, uh, where we are in the backyard, Tim is practicing um, some of the moves with Mark. He starts to get winded, <laughs> and he's like, "I don't want to wear you out before your before your practice. Well, you, you go inside, and I can tell you're getting tired." <laughs> Just of course, never owning up to his own limitations. Tim is never wrong, <laughs> and uh, that's when uh, we get our we get our Wilson scene. Wilson yes. Wilson appears over the fence, and. Yeah, and they just kind of talk about uh, karate and aggression, and Tim is explaining how Jill Jill doesn't want him yeah. to be putting uh, putting Mark in these classes. Oh, and... it sounds like my uh, Mark has a predilection for aggression. Uh, what's that? Uh, pro- let's just say proclivity. Uh, you got any more? <laughs> <laughs> which is which is good. You know, I yeah. like that Tim is throwing more of them back at him now. Yeah. Um, so they kind of go back and forth and Wilson, as usual, conjures up a bunch of stuff from history to talk about karate being a, you know, a lifelong, uh, course of study and all Mm -hmm. of that. And, but, you know, Tim finally kind of gets down to the heart of the issue and why he thinks it's so important for Mark to be in this class. And he explains that when he was a kid, if he couldn't wisecrack his way out of a situation, he'd run away. And he's always been kind of ashamed of that, and he wants to make give Mark the tools so he doesn't have to do that same thing. Yeah, and I think he equates it. He's like, every father wants that. Yeah. And Wilson, in one of his, you know, every once in a while he has these pretentious things where it's just like, why, why? You can't throw out something from left field that you can't argue with. So when Tim says, like, every father wants his son to be able to stand up for himself, <laughs> and Wilson goes, I don't think Gandhi's dad did. Okay, now here's the thing about Gandhi. Gandhi stood up for like a billion people. Like, like that's you. you I don't know. It's such a simplistic way to look at it. Yeah, I, I exactly. Mean, you know, Gandhi stood up to way more people than any one karate master ever did. Yeah, it's like saying, "Oh man, I have the worst teacher. Yeah. Uh, they are just the meanest person in the world." And your parent going meaner than Hitler. <laughs> Just like that doesn't equate. That's not even what we're talking about here. I just yeah. don't want my son to be bullied. What does Gandhi have to do with it? Yeah, yeah come yeah. on, Wilson. Yeah, come on. It's not like what? What are you going to teach Mark to like go down to the ocean and start making salt in defiance of British <laughs> colonial regulations? How is that going to solve any of his problems, Wilson? <laughs> oh my God. Um, but that that takes us to back to karate class. Yes. That scene. Did you have anything else with Wilson? 
Uh, no, no, like the, the the lesson that Wilson imparts is basically that karate uh, karate gives you more. Okay, well, kar- when you give a boy a weapon like karate, you need to make sure he's mature enough to know when to use it. And yes, it's, yeah. And he suggests that instead of fighting, maybe just start stating the state capitals. Yes, uh, which comes into play uh, two more times. Well, in he, this episode. St- he starts. Wilson starts reciting them, and and Tim walks away. <laughs> Alberta, Atlanta. That's all I remember. Alberta is a province in Canada. Oh, um. Albany, Albany, Austin, Annapolis. I'm pulling at Tim Taylor, who throws out Afghanistan in the next scene, <laughs> and it almost gets it almost gets stepped on by a laugh line. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're back to the karate. Studio. Yes, and Tim actually, what was what I found as kind of an evolution of his character here. He recites, he sits down with Mark, and he's like, "Look." <laughs> so, so Mark starts by saying, "Oh, mom's not coming. What happens if there's going to be trouble?" <laughs> Which is a great line. Uh, and Tim Tim starts to impart this wisdom that Wilson gave to him. He's like, "Look, part of this is knowing that you know, building up your confidence so that when there is trouble, you know you don't have to use it. They yeah. will, the enemy will back down." Yeah. Uh, and then he goes instead of, uh, "Oh God, I don't even remember what Wilson said." Oh, karate. Well, what, what Tim says is karate give, does give you more power, but you have to decide when to use the power. Yeah, but he it was from a Greek philosopher that I can't oh. remember. And then Tim recites, oh, it was from uh, Hippopotamus. Yeah, he says, oh, God, Hippocrates or something. Yeah, something I don't like know. that. Yeah. But uh, I thought I found it interesting that he's getting the advice right now, mm-hmm. just the the source of it incorrect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which was actually, you know, I think a great little lesson to impart to your, your son. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and and so and then this next, and I think the way that this end is kind, of, this episode ends is a really good continuation of that message, and I think one of Tim's best fatherhood moments. So, uh, Mark goes off to class. Tim sits down, and this uh, short kind of shrimpy dude comes in and says hi to Tim, and sits down next to him, and says, "Oh yeah, I'm here. I'm here for Artie." And God, I wish I, I wish I'd taken you know karate class like this when I was growing up, so I could have fought <laughs> off the bullies and. Tim kind of steps up next to him and sees how much taller he is and, and yeah. surmises that this guy's Artie's dad. And so Tim gets his blood up and is saying like, hey, you know, I, I don't want your kid smacking my kid around anymore. If I hear you, you know, see him lay another hand on him or call my kid stick boy, there's going to be trouble. And like, I don't know, he says something about like, he makes some comment about how Artie is like fat or something or or, or like, I don't know. He yeah, insults exactly. Artie to this guy. Yeah, and this guy who played by a character actor named Perry Anzalotti. He gets like really worried about this. He's like, "Oh man, well if you have a problem, you better bring it up with uh with Artie's father." <laughs> and then he goes, "Hey Roy," <laughs> and and Roy is taller than Tim, probably has twenty pounds yeah. on Tim, shaved head. Yeah, Greg Collins, who is another prolific. Uh, if there's a male equivalent to Large Marge, yeah, it's this it, like Big Jake. Yes, you know, exactly. if you were casting a Big Jake, it would be Greg Collins, who has been in many, many, many things. He's he's the physical manifestation of every sitcom gag where where the protagonist is picking a fight with a dude who's sitting down, and then the dude stands up and turns out to <laughs> yes. actually be significantly taller. Yeah. Uh, for reference, also see the Birdcage. Uh, <laughs> uh, he was in uh, The Rock, Armageddon, Coyote Ugly. Um, you know, any number of things where he can play like a private or some sort of, you know, a big hulking guy in the army or Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. a biker gang. Yeah. Member. Skinhead, whatever. Um, I don't know why I just assumed you would play a Nazi. I mean, but it's all, hey, you know, it's all for the paycheck. (laughs) Uh, so then, uh, Roy comes up and, and is giving Tim the business and saying like, oh, my wife told me about you. I got a problem with you and that loud mouth that your, you know, your wife was doing all, you know. Who was getting in a fight with my wife, and I'd love to see you get in a fight. 
get in a word fight with somebody. Yeah, it, it's it's a lot like this. Just like I got a real problem with all of you and that stuff that you do with people. Um, I, I don't I don't get it. I just start reciting state capitals. Uh, so so I love the, it. so Roy winds up grabbing Tim by his collar or whatever, and Tim punches. Well, he goes he goes. Uh, Mark, because Mark's Mark and Artie are watching on. Yeah, and he goes, uh, hold on. He he goes to Roy. Hold on one moment, because he's about to be punched by yeah. Roy. He goes, hold on one moment, Mark. I should have walked away. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Artie's dad winds up, and we uh, Artie's dad. Wind, okay, let's discuss this transition, and then I'll get oh into why this is a good fatherhood moment. Okay. Uh, Artie's dad winds up. And then we cut to black, and we get, like, a Batman style. Like, we don't see the word pow, but, like, those yeah. kind of colorful explosions. There's, there, yeah, right. You get you get the uh, the stars, the, you yeah. know, like, almost, the, you know, they are often accompanied by, like, little birdies yeah. floating in a circle above your head. Yeah. Uh, so, that, and then there's silence, and we hear Tim say, oh, is that all you got? And then we see another pow, and then Tim goes, oh. And then a... Uh, like a bell, like, like a, a boxing yeah. bell, f- slides up from the bottom into the frame. Ding, ding, ding! Back down. Oh my god, it was a good seven seconds. It, yeah, and I would have been more upset by it were I not so actually impressed with how this ended and how <laughs> Tim resolved this. So Tim has mouthed off to this guy. Yeah. Tim has gone against the exact advice that he was giving Mark. He goes against the advice that Wilson had, had given him about like knowing when to fight and knowing when to hold them and when to fold them and when to count your cards and when to run. I don't think I got those in the right order. Uh, when when to open a roast chicken franchise. When to do duets with Dolly Parton. Yeah, exactly, which is all the time. Um, but so he's gone against this advice. He is in, and you know, he's... Uh, you know, he's being held by this guy, well, not, but not in a sensual way, and is clearly about to get hurt, and is about to get basically humiliated in front of his son, which is a really emasculating thing, and what Tim does is he stops the guy, and he doesn't plead for himself, he accepts that he is going to get injured, and he says to Mark, you know, he makes it an object lesson, and says, look, yeah, right. Mark, I was wrong, this, this bad thing is happening to me because I engaged in the activities that I was telling you not to engage in. Right. That's fatherhood. That's a really, like, that, I was proud of Tim. I was proud to be Tim's audience for this episode <laughs> because that like I like if if more of the episodes were like this mm-hmm. where in the end like Tim Tim who is so big on preening and so big on masculinity and cannot accept any challenge to his authority to see Tim actually invite it in this situation and yeah. use it and say to his son, "Look, I I screwed up. I made a mistake. Watch what happens. Don't be like me in this case." That I don't know. I, I thought that was really good from a character standpoint. Yeah, I I, it that. was a great moment, uh, and I agree with you. Um, and we're in agreement. And let's uh, let's continue forward. No, I agree more. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and we go from that, and then I mean, it's just like the then it's just the last couple minutes of the thing. It's uh, Tim back and Jill, in yeah, are, are in the the kitchen, and um, I I still like okay so she's on the Jill's on the phone with the the with Robert Cho mm-hmm. um saying that they've moved Mark mm-hmm. into a different class. Yeah. Apparently uh they don't understand the basic philosophy of karate <laughs> which is, you know, peacefulness and uh that they've put him into a more introductory class. Um I don't quite understand why at that point Jill wouldn't just go, yeah, we're done with karate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but she doesn't. And then her and Tim have uh, 
Oh, I, I can't. I don't have the strength to walk through this. Hey, Tim, I was just kind of, you know, he says that we've got too much aggression. You know, I, I thought of a way that you and I could blow off some of that aggression and work it out of our system. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then Jill produces two of those breadsticks and hands Tim one, and they both do an offensive uh, fake Japanese thing. Tim yells, Yo, Mafra! Yeah. And they break Well, Jill, Jill says, Achu, which is a little less offensive than Tim just throwing out Japanese culture. Yeah. J- Jill does a couple of karate, like, moves and says a couple of, like, things as she's doing them in this episode. But for her, it's just kind of making noises yeah. and not actively trying to impersonate a whole other language. Yeah, it's not doing the Japanese gibberish that yeah. a lot of people try and do. Or that Tim did with... Uh, 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 love is a minute splintered thing. Oh, when they're yeah, with the the Godzilla yeah uh, dubbing the, exactly yeah. Uh, so yeah, and then they they break the breadsticks with their foreheads and they eat them because that bit never gets old. And then the end credits is just Wilson standing behind the <laughs> fence reciting all fifty state capitals. Yes, and I'm just gonna point out as somebody who grew up on the rough and tumble mean streets of Salem, Oregon, the capital. <laughs> Of Oregon, uh, I was waiting on bated breath for Wilson to say Salem, like waiting for him to get to the S's. And when he says Salem, he laughs. And I think he laughs because he knows that's the only way you should react to the city of Salem, Oregon. (laughs) I will also say that you cheered about as loud as when Huey Lewis calls out uh, the city names in um, The Heart of Rock and Roll. Yes. If he's performing in a specific city that he says in that... The audience goes wild. You did that equivalent on the couch when they said Salem. <laughs> you know, man, I have to take... Look, there was, an, there was an episode of Cheers a while back where uh, Sam challenges Diane to name the capital of Oregon, and Diane says Portland, and then she says Eugene, and then Sam says, no, it's Salem, and oh man, I was cheering that whole time. They said <laughs> the name of all of the cities in Oregon. Uh, you were cheering for Cheers. I'm always cheering for Cheers. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yes. Yeah, and so, but Wilson's going through this, and then... They let him go on and on and on. It, it was actually kind of impressive that Earl Hinman learned all of the the capitals for this and was able to recite them from A to Z. I, I'm I'm certain he memorized them and just didn't have them maybe pasted to the back of the fence that's obscuring 90% <laughs> of his body. <laughs> let me have my magic beliefs. Yeah, I, no, no, no. I'm sure he did. He gave it all. Like, What else yeah. was he doing that episode? But it was a, a rare Wilson outtake and where they don't call cut and then he just starts back at A again, yeah, uh, and goes through them, and it was kind of funny. And to see him start laughing, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird watching Wilson break on the yes. show because <laughs> you don't see like you just see his eyes, but you hear him laugh. It's and it's so outside of character of what Wilson normally does. That's true, but it's almost like he knew that uh, no one could see him break, and so he had to give uh, some sort of indication. So at the very end, he's just like flailing his hands in the air uh, over top of the fence. It was really funny. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed it. He waved his hands in the air like he just didn't care. <laughs> Truman. Landon. Truman. Landon. Truman. How far are we going to go with this, man? How many grunts did we have in this episode? Oh, shit, I completely forgot. We had 16 grunts in this episode. Wow, all right. We're yeah. back up to back up to snuff. We're, we're getting back up there. I mean, and it was another situation where, I mean, Tim does a lot of grunting in just talking about karate and mm-hmm. how cool karate is and people breaking stuff with their with their foreheads. And then also a few defiant, a few of those defiant uh, 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 grunts. Yeah, right. I never get tired of making that noise into the microphone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, a, a, few, a few of those when I think, you know, Jill or the boys challenge him and he's proven to be right about something. Yeah. Yeah, but right. there there wasn't any, um, you know, he didn't put me through as much of my paces this time. I think the, the yeah. biggest thing was when the karate master first, 
Like we hit the grunts early, the karate. Yeah, uh, right. The sensei comes out to do the demonstration on tool time, and he starts talking about it and uh, gets a little into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we did have to rewind a bit because he gave one of those kind of questionable. I mean, it was a grunt, but it was how do you quantify it? Because it was yeah. like a bunch of just syllables strung together as opposed to delineated grunts. Yeah, they trail away, and sometimes I feel like, I, I don't know if I'm just imagining this, but sometimes I feel like the audience reacting, even if it's not full-on clapping, people are laughing at him doing it because it's like, oh, he came to the live show and he's doing the thing that the show's about! <laughs> and and so you hear that kind of over, so there's audio looping issues. Uh, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Do you have anything else for this? Uh, I got nothing else in my notes here. I, I have, I uh, know, I have no other, no other comments uh, either, except that I just learned a lot about karate today and will not go on callously assuming that it's Japanese when in fact it comes from uh, at least two countries, maybe more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I highly encourage anyone to do research on it because uh, I'm not an expert and I'm just reciting very quickly what I, what I've read. So that's Landon Solano, black belt. <laughs> um, want to take a second to promote a few things uh, that we've had to stitch into a few episodes in the past year. But uh, just a reminder, last week's guest was Brigham Snow. You can find him on the Bright uh, Sessions podcast as well as a few others. Uh, yeah. He's a pretty prolific uh, podcaster. And and a wonderful guest. We had a blast yes. having him over here. That guy is a barrel of monkeys. Loads of fun. Absolutely. Listen to that episode again. I had a great time <laughs> editing it and um, I had a great time recording it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also... We did the Be Kind and Rewind podcast where we got to pitch um, our uh, versions of what a home improvement revival can look like. And I think we came up with some pretty good stuff. Yeah, it was uh, it was really interesting. Yeah, and yeah. I'd like to continue that idea as we kind of move forward here. Yeah, what I kind of was really good. What kind of liked was um, that we used our previous appearance on the fan theory world as a springboard into... And I was wondering, like, is that is that an example of, like, can you equate that to... Like, talking to your new girlfriend about an ex. <laughs> like, I know I'm on your podcast, yeah. but let me tell you about this awesome other podcast that I had a great time with. Hey, Fan Theory World, I want you to know you're the only podcast for me. But um, <laughs> when we were on a break, um, I was on podcast Tinder, and I swiped right <laughs> on another pop culture podcast. Please stop me from going on with this. You can find uh, Be Kind and Rewind um, on Twitter, on all of the podcatchers, uh, which is Be Kind Rewind Pod. Uh, on Twitter. Uh, I'm sure they have a Facebook and all their stuff. Um, so check them out uh, and our episode. Yeah. Follow them, subscribe. Uh, really fun show. I was so so happy that uh, that they let us uh, let us on there. Yeah, it was great. I re yeah, really loved uh, recording with them. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you can follow Fan Theory World as well. Yes. Uh, we, we've thrown that out there. Yeah. And you know, the best way that you can get notifications and uh, very easy clickable links to these people yeah. <laughs> is by signing up for our newsletter. Yeah, don't have to remember all the names. You can just you just get it all right there in your inbox. Exactly. We do. We have a whole new um, news and update section where we put all this stuff. Uh, and I've been throwing in a bunch of exclusive content. We're not going to do Pam's corner this week because Pam was on our corner. We thwarted, thwarted. We were all ready. <laughs> um, but I've got a, I've got, I've got one in the cannon, ready to go for next week. I, I feel, I feel certain we will not have an overabundance of Pamela Anderson in the future. <laughs> um, so uh, the best way that you can sign up for our newsletter is by going to our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. 
Com. It's true. There you can also uh, get notified uh, for every new episode that we have. Uh, follow us on all of our social media places, which is at GruntWorkPod. And uh, we're we're nearing the end of the season for our Super Spectacular. Yeah. Uh, where we are asking for some new iTunes ratings and reviews. Yeah. Uh, because we like to read what you guys have to say on the air. And that's how we adjust and uh, evolve and improve our... Uh, maleness? No. Uh, improve was, our podcast. I was trying to trying to weave that into male improvement. It, uh, yeah, home uh, pod improvement. Yeah, pod. That that's the one. And also, you know, look, I, I know that we seem like big shots, but we and we are, but we are really, but we're also really approachable, folksy dudes. We're the kind of guys <laughs> who you could get a beer with. I mean, I don't drink beer, but you, but I'd watch you drink a beer, and I'd have a fine glass of of Merlot. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know, just, like, reach out, contact yeah, us, write to us, write us reviews, like, we're, we're cool dudes, and we want us to have more of a relationship with our fan base, so please, guys, if you're liking this, and girls, guys and girls both, yeah. please, let us know. And remember, anytime that you uh, rate and review us, we will have total respect for your culture whenever we try to do anything related to it, such as karate, or, uh, you know, uh, whatever French people do, uh, you know... I don't know a lot about other cultures, which is why you should reach out and tell us about yours. We will have culture corner here on the uh, front work moving forward. Yes. It's a um, very large corner. <laughs> a large rainbow corner. Uh, I guess with that, I've been Landon Solano. And I've been Truman Caps. And this has been Grunt, Grunt Work. work. Gong.